everyday dough. The ones who enhance the flow. You know them Bruce Lee roars and possess the glow. Yo, you're the last dragon, so you're good to go. You're giving back to the world or why you're crushing your dough. See, you ain't gotta see it. You can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope. And you're here just to give us some pearls. We appreciate that so we can share with the world. See, you ain't gotta see it. You can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope. Dope to dope to dope dope. You're dope. Dope to dope to dope. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Everyday Dope, the podcast about dope people who do dope things. And when do they do these dope things? Well, quite frankly, they do them every day. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield. Today's guest is going to be LaShondra Little. She's the queen of service. She's very active in her sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. And I don't know how long it took her, but she's lost over 85 pounds on the keto. <laughs> how are you doing today, Miss Little? I'm doing great, Mr. Sheffield. You're doing great. That coffee over there doing you good, huh? Yes. Oh, yes. It's a sleepy day. <laughs> you drink coffee every day? No. No? Why not? Because I, I don't, I rarely eat breakfast. And so I'm one of those people, I just, coffee when I'm sleepy or if I feel like, when the weather gets colder, I drink coffee a little bit more often. Because mm-hmm, it's, it's warm. It's mm-hmm. a warm drink. Okay. I like it. Now, so we got to start you out with the same question we ask everybody else. What's your definition of dope? And I've been thinking about this because you told me. (laughs) And so as I think about a day like today where we slept through the night and just had this hurricane just sweep through the nation, I just think about God. God Mm. is dope. Because even in the midst of this, the sun came out today. And it was a beautiful day still, even in the midst of the turmoil that was going on, you could still just smile and say, Mm -hmm. God is at work. Good. God is at work. So you have a strong relationship with God. I do. So what does that look like? Is it like worship music? Is it like prayer time? Is it devotional? Like, you know, how do you get into your piece of worship? All of the above. I try to make sure at least every day, if I can, when I wake up, before my feet touch the ground, spend a little time with me and God. Just spend a little time. And then throughout the day and most of the things I'm doing, I'm always listening to music. And so sometimes that could be in the form of gospel or inspiration, but something in, in music, even if it's not gospel music, doesn't mean that God is not in it. Mm. And so music in general. Yeah. Mm. So what you like to listen to as terms of gospel, you know, I'm right now I'm on Jonathan Matt Reynolds have been for the past three years. So what you, what's I'm a, but see, I can do John McReynolds and then go to a Kurt Franklin to a Fred Hammond. So I, I definitely, even a John Piquet, and so I can do old school Mississippi Mass Choir on some days. <laughs> Alabama Blind Boys, you be all. No, <laughs> not, not, not quite the Blind Boys. <laughs> not, not, not quite the Blind Boys. <laughs> but when you grow up Baptist, there every now and then you want to go to the Mississippi Mass Choir, one of those 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 songs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It just gets you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Get that spirit rolling. Now, I believe that you're like the queen of service. You're always out serving somebody. Now, during the beginning, like at the beginning part of this pandemic, you called me up and you said, you know, we're going to be over here at the gym. We're passing out food. We got chicken. We got cereal. We got all this stuff. And we're going to pass it out to the community. And that's just a really big part of your life. Um, so why is it so important for you to give to the community that you just live in? Like, why is that so important to you? Well, one, I work uh, for the city of South Fulton and we are we are now three years old. And so in those stages, I actually probably more towards the last final stage of working with the legislators to ensure that the city 
movement came into fruition, I worked on one of the uh, committees, People's Campaign, that was really all about educating those in the city to vote yes on the referendum so we could become our own city and have control over our, you know, taxes where the money is going and really have elected officials that live within the city limits that we could hold accountable. And so in that, I am very much uh, one of those people who had never really in the past lived, worked and played in the same place. Mm -hmm. And so it's been very different living, working and playing within this area. And so think more so even for this side of town, I mean, honestly, and we're over a hundred thousand people, 90% 90% African-American. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about stats like that, you want to serve and you want to give back to those because I'm looking, especially since this pandemic hit, food insecurity is real. And I my phone rings because my name was on the flyer that went out. You know, my phone rings all the time and people are asking, are you all giving away more food? Are you all, where, where can I go? Where can I go? And so when you see things like that, it only motivates you to do more and to try to put on more things and do do some of those things to help others. All right. So why do you think it's so important for South Fulton to be its own city? You talked about money and taxes and those kind of things. So what kind of things can we actually bring to this city? Because you remind me all the time that I live in the city of South Fulton. Um, so why is that important to bring money to this place, to this actual town? I mean, economic development mm-hmm. is is what drives everything from our school system you know to you know getting more developers to come over here and and bring those things like you have been harping forever on you want a whole food <laughs> exactly but to bring get a whole, whole food down we got to get some more development where we get some multi-million dollar de- development and and getting some of those individuals who are making those salaries that can ha- you know can afford those type of homes and those type of developments to get Whole Foods to even look this way because, mm-hmm. you know, it's based on income. And so not that it's a bad thing, but, you know, we have some on the lower end that might not, you know, that are not definitely not making six figures all the way up into the, to the top end that it, that are making six plus figures out here. And so you have a diversity of minorities and African-Americans that are in this city. And so I just think is in a few years, this place will not look the same. Like even now is, you know, it's starting to transform a little bit. And, and for those of us who grew up in Atlanta, we re- we remember what old national used to look like. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think that in the next few years, I can see it going back to where we, when we grew up and we were okay and not afraid and wanted to go shop or, or eat and dine on old national. Right. Where we were for one thing. Right. So in South Fulton, there's 90% African-American. So these are people that look like you. And so you're serving folks that look like you, and that's very, very dope, right? So when you talk about economic development and you say in five years, it won't look like the way it is now, what's some particular things that are in your mind that's saying, South Fulton's going to look like this? Like, I'll be able to go to this park, or I'll be able to go to, because I'm thinking back, like you're saying, I'm thinking National 7, those kind of things. What are some things that you see just popping up and cropping up so we don't so I don't have to drive to Midtown to go to Whole Foods? Well, even I, I sort of I just touched on the old national piece, but recently at this last council meeting, if you want to go back and check it out, go to youtube.com backslash COSF. But if you want to check it out, they recently passed a tax allocation district. And so this is where you can use funds to help develop areas almost this is pretty much the Atlantic station so you remember before Atlantic station it was nothing over there okay and they were able to to use those funds it was it was turned into a tax allocation district and they were able to use those funds to create 
what is now Atlanta Station. So if you look at the Red Oak area, which mm-hmm. is Roosevelt Highway, that is now going to be a tax allocation district. And so you'll look to see some great things happening along Roosevelt Highway. You know, people are always talking about having a restaurant that has tablecloths and you know, nice eating restaurants and not like your typical fast food. So you can see some of those. You can see some new shopping centers coming up. So, yeah, definitely things like that are coming and happening. Now, that's dope. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're doing that stuff because I'm tired of going to Popeye's and I'm going to roll past the exasperates every time because I can't keep doing it. Now, we're going to switch gears a little bit, right? Now, you're saying you're from Atlanta. You're talking about going, thinking back. There was an event, and people in Atlanta, if you hear something going, yeet, like if you hear like everybody, in, well, not everybody, these young folks, they don't know. We got to raise them up right. When you hear that yeek, like it's a part of Atlanta culture, like mm-hmm. especially from the 90s, it's, it's, it's a part of us. And you put on this very big yeek fest, and it was just amazing. It was people everywhere. Bringing that culture back, dancing, people on skates and just having a really good time, bringing that dance culture back. Um, where did that idea come from? How did you pull that off? So that was that was not definitely uh, not me on my own. One, I worked with Councilwoman Helen Willis, who is actually the council representative for the District 3, which is that Welcome All Cliftondale area. Mm-hmm. But uh the organizers, Yeek, is a actually, there's an organization. So those original dancers who sort of started out in the Yeek movement reached out to Councilwoman Willis and said, you know, we want to bring this to South Fulton. They had, uh, I think, reached out to Atlanta and some other places, and I guess they didn't get any traction or really didn't get the help that they needed to to really put on this event. And so a lot of those people really in the Yeek movement live out in South Fulton. Yeah. And so it was, it was, it was, it just made sense. And so they wanted to really showcase what Atlanta was known for in a safe environment in a in a healthy way to show that you can still have fun, have a good time, bring your kids and you know there's no alcohol, no, you know, no smoking, none of that stuff. It was I mean, they had all the DJs from the era that was back when Geek was really a big thing in Atlanta. And so it we we did it for two years and we actually were gonna do it again this year, but of course with the pandemic, um, that we couldn't make that work. But I'm definitely it might be something that we can look into, maybe if there's something virtual they may put on or something where we've seen more outside events now where you can social distance a little bit. It might not be as many people, but that that could be something that is coming back because I think that's a genuine part of Atlanta and it's, it's good for people to see it. That is a genuine part of Atlanta. I did not know that yeeking was a movement though, but I guess it was though. Now that's dope. Mm-hmm. All right. So LaShondra in a previous life, before the yeeking, before the economic development, right? You were a student advocate. You know, you found scholarships, you traveled all over the world, you were advocate for students, you lived on campus with these students, you build them up, right? Tell, tell, tell us about that life. Like, what was that? So my background, of course, is, is, is in student affairs. And so when I graduated from grad school, Um, I actually was working at Kennesaw State, and this was, if you all remember, for those of us from here, Kennesaw State was a junior college, so it was not really, anybody ever thought it was going to be a four-year institution, but that area skyrocketed and grew uh, so quickly, and so by the time I graduated from grad school, it it became a four-year university, and they were bringing housing, which was unheard of, to that community, and so my first, actually, job out of grad school was working in residence life. 
at Kennesaw State and really writing all the policies and everything that went into play to when you go up 75 North today and see those uh, residence halls. Um, I was like, I helped put sort of bring that into fruition because it was not there. And it was a battle of just working and educating that community on what it means to have a four-year school and have students that live on campus and, and what that life was like. And then upon leaving, I did residence life for a little while and I had worked in Greek life, did student activities. And upon leaving that, I went into the nonprofit world where I was working with, uh, I hate to say smart kids, but working with those students who were in honor societies. And, and the goal was to bring funding to those students who were high achieving students but bringing funding to them so they can be able to go on to college and and have monies to do that. And so I really, my last position was really able to travel the world, meeting with top executives and presidents from universities around the world and bringing them on to our program. Because not only bringing funding, but it was also bringing the diversity of institutions. Because oftentimes we are not teaching our kids that, you can go to a school out the country. We've always thought about United States and going to a school here, but I had relationships with schools all over the world, and so it was okay to say to a student, "You can go to one of these schools in Europe. You know, wow. you can, you can, you can go to Stockholm University. You can do these." I actually took a group of students each year to Stockholm University so they can participate in the Nobel Prize Week, and so it was really giving these students opportunities they wouldn't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was your mechanism, your main mechanism for raising that money? Like to get to bring those scholarships to those quote unquote gifted kids? Because of what I just said, of being able to get, because oftentimes, even with those students, you had the honor students who came from families that were wealthy and may didn't need scholarships, but overwhelmingly, most of the students that were um, a part of this were, you know, we had minority students and we had students who were looking like they joined the run. The reason why they joined the organization was because they wanted funding mm-hmm. to help them go to school. And so for me, again, when you're looking at students who look like you or even uh, other minorities in general or people who just come from small towns, first generation college students who had no clue and their parents couldn't tell them anything because they hadn't been to school, that made it even more I guess enjoyable for me to be able to go and, and, and cross the world and talk to these different companies and, and things that help bring in money for them. Now nope. that's dope. <laughs> so Chandra, you've done a lot of stuff. Now all of it's dope. You've com- economic development. You're all in the community. You're passing out chicken and cereal <laughs> and <laughs> you're raising money for the smart kids, you know, the gifted folks. Um, but, and you talked about when you were at Kennesaw, how you worked in Greek life, mm-hmm. right? And you are a big part of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. You're actually a president of one of the chapters here in Atlanta. Correct. What chapter is that? I am president of Atlanta Suburban, Atlanta Suburban Alumni Chapter of mm-hmm. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. All right. So what's your full role in that? Because you do so much with that. President, you're responsible for everything. Like you, your job is to make sure that the activities of our grand chapter, which is uh, nationally, uh, national headquarters, we have directives that come down. Uh, we have a five-point programmatic thrust that we've been operating on for years, economic development, educational development, physical and mental health, international awareness involvement, and social action. And we want to make sure that we are putting programs in the community that help educate those. We advocate for the African-American community. Like, that's one of our primary focuses, but that does not mean we don't care about others, but that was the mission of our organization. 
uh, when they were founded. And so we do a lot in that vein. But one of the the biggest things is we, we're an organization, college-educated women, and the job is just to make sure you're overseeing all the day-to-day operations of what's happening with a chapter of over 400-plus women. All right. 400-plus women. Now, you said earlier that you live, play, work in South Fulton. So being that you're the president of your chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated, what's some of the things that your chapter are doing that's you're doing right here in South Fulton that's helping the community? Well, of course, right now we're in a pandemic. And so our headquarters has uh, given us directive that we can't do anything face to face. And so we've had to adapt and as, as everyone else has to do uh, things via virtually. And so one of the things we're doing right now, because October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we've partnered with one of the local shelters and we are actually taking up. We usually, of course, have uh, when we were face to face, chapter members used to be able to bring toiletries and different items that we would we would take to them to stock up uh, for the year. But now we've created an Amazon list that we've sent out to chapter members that are able to click and we take those items and it's going directly to fund this domestic violence shelter for those women who come there seeking refuge after they've um, you know finally left their partner. On a political awareness and social action route, we are definitely encouraging folks to get out to vote. We had several, um, we, we partnered with the organization where we, and some of the text messages that people are complaining about, but we pretty yeah, much listen, have listen, 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 listen. <laughs> we don't vote at y'all. Stop sending us these text messages. So we, we already went. <laughs> so we were sending messages like two weeks ago just to remind people of early voting, but we probably sent upwards of over 10,000 uh, messages between uh, our social action committee and our chapter to, to folks across the state of Georgia. And so from that rim, international awareness and involvement, just getting ready for, of course, we got World AIDS Day going up, coming up. And so we're making sure we're putting information out about HIV and AIDS because it's still a, a number one killer in the African-American community. And it's, I think, because more medicine and technology has come and they've uh, been in. You, you have the walking example of Magic Johnson. You know, a lot of people forget that HIV is something that's still real, like you still can catch it. And so we still make sure we're putting out education on that. And then we'll be kicking off um, December and January, getting ready for Human Trafficking Awareness Month. In South Fulton, actually, over the summer, there were a couple of human trafficking cases where they caught some um, individuals who were in that lifestyle. And so we try to make sure we are working with Spark. That's one of the organizations that we work with to really get the word out. And we, our chapter has served as ambassadors. I've been an ambassador with them for over 10 years. And we actually fully help stock their clothing and their pantry for their youth. So their Spark is a center for youth who've been in that world. And so we keep them stock with toiletries they usually meet once a month we provide food for them when the the boys or the or the girls when they're they're meeting and so we sort of go through the whole gamut physical and mental health we are doing activities where we have physical fitness at least once a month we do a i hate to say corporate it sounds like church but we send it out where people can join us first fridays to do some type of uh fitness and so i think for next friday first friday november we're going to be doing zumba Last month was yoga. The month before that was sort of like a hip-hop type deal. And then we're going to be kicking off, actually, next week, a mental health awareness uh, program that's going to be every Monday. And it'll be a different – that's really focused on mental health. And we're going to spend probably about – pretty much probably the rest of the – a couple about eight – I would say about eight weeks we're going to spend focusing on mental health because that's something that's taboo in the black community. We don't talk about it and we don't tell people it's okay to seek therapy and to really make sure that you're talking to someone so we don't end up 
having more people committing suicide because that is that is happening and it's prevalent, especially now. Uh, we in the black community, there was someone who was a coach inside Fulton that recently uh, killed themselves. And so you definitely want to make sure that we are doing things like that to educate that, that you don't have to get to that point. So let's figure out how we can seek therapy first before we get to that point. Economic development. Again, <laughs> yes. we actually started two weeks ago. We have what is called uh, D-Free. Mm-hmm. And we, it's a program that it started two weeks. And so it ended December. But it's a program where each week they're learning from professionals in the field to talk about how to be debt free mm. and to make sure they are getting the resources and tips and skills that they need to ensure that they know how to save money, budget, know how to invest and do those things. And last year was our first time doing it. And we had about... I want to say 25 participants that kicked us off and they, at the end, they saved a total of about $13,000 in debt. Wow. And so we are doing things like that in the community. So. Sound like you just said, Delta's doing everything <laughs> in the community in South Fulton. You're building houses, you're teaching budget, you're teaching mental health. I mean, what what is it that y'all are not doing? It's absolutely dope. So, so dope. Now, now that's dope. dope. Whoa, whoa. Now, Shonda, the keto made me constipated. <laughs> But you have seemed to have lost 85 pounds. How? How have you done this? Tell <laughs> everybody. Tell, keto, keto made me constipated. Listen, if but you know what? I, there's a, there's, there is a misconception, which I tell people all the time about keto. Like, people think keto is bacon and, and burgers and, and butter. Like, oftentimes when I see pictures, people are like, oh, I'm just going to put butter on this. Or I'm putting <laughs> butter. Like, that's, but no, it, it's healthy. Is you're eating avocado, you're still eating your fruits and vegetables and still having a balanced diet. But for me, I did a lot of research and one uh, of someone I knew in college had did. And I said, oh my gosh, this, she looked like a different person. And so I really just started researching, just looking at what something for a lifestyle like I have where I'm constantly on the go what was realistic to really make sure because what I tell people it's not about working out I worked out I used to work out all the time but it's it's, it's your it starts with your diet 80% of weight loss and what you're doing is your diet and you can't out train a bad diet and so you have to make sure that you're eating foods that help with help with not only just weight loss but ensuring you're healthy like you shouldn't be eating foods high in fat and your cholesterol is going up because you like I'm keto so it's it's not it's not even about that. I um I just sort of adapted to different things. I mean, I've brought you cookies and, and different mm-hmm. things and so different things that I know that I traditionally have liked to eat, I just found a better way a better way to eat it. To eat it. To but like if I know I want a biscuit, okay. But I don't have to use a regular white flour. I can do with almond flour. Right. I've could. made cornbread with corn you know, coconut flour. And so just different things where I've learned to to make things, carrot cakes and chocolate chip cookies, all different types of things that I've learn and then even now it's not necessarily as strict keto it's more so for me just sort of low carb like so i'm not eating a bunch of bread Mm -hmm. and white rice and potatoes i don't eat Mm -hmm. that but i'm still eating i mean i still eat squash zucchini broccoli cauliflower cat you know i mean i still eat vegetables brussels sprouts you know yeah well congratulations on your weight loss i think you look amazing i think that the process whenever you dedicate yourself to that kind of process that's very very dope and you've just done so many great things. You're a big part of economic development, especially right here in South Fulton. You're leading your Delta chapter in some, some really great things. And you've lost over 85 pounds on keto. All oh, that is so, so dope. But now 
It's time to figure out if you know what's going on in these streets. Street, street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the dopest? What's the dopest? What's the dopest according to you? You. What's the dopest? What's the dopest? What's the dopest according to you? You. You. All right, Chandra, we reached a part in our show we call What's the Dopest? If you get the answer wrong, we put you out the house. It's as simple as that. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> so get it wrong. Let's see what happens next. Now, Chandra, you went to Albany State. You played in the band. You were the section leader, right? How you know that? Because you told me. Oh. <laughs> you told me. To play some instrument. What instrument was it? Clarinet. The clarinet. You're also in Delta Sequence Theta. So, what's going to be the dopest? Strolling on the yard at homecoming with your Delta Sigma Theta sisters or playing at halftime with your clarinet with your band brothers and sisters? You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. Because well, I did both. Okay. And so that was the so, that was the point of... Because I'm a member of Top 80 Sigma as well. We know because you make me judge the stroll off every year. So how can you ask that question? Answer the question. What's you can't the dope? No. What's the dopest? Strolling? No. A plan at half. Well, you mean as me as right now? No, period. Just period. (laughs) Right now, (laughs) the answer is strolling. Okay. Because these days, I mean, I I try to get to the games, but it's hard. It's It's hard. hard. It's hard. It's hard. I try to make an effort to get over there to the game, but uh, it's it's hard. But being on the yard and and but it's not. But you but you know what? Yeah, yeah. Because you you yeah. Yeah, because this year we would have been celebrating twenty years. My line, and you would have been out there strolling. And yes, <laughs> and we would have been, you know. And so it's just this pandemic has just changed so much. But we, so I mean, so sorry to whoever got a big year next year. We gonna <laughs> we gonna be celebrating. Y'all gonna be back. We're gonna be back, <laughs> gonna be back on the yard strolling. Yeah. Yep. All right, y'all. She's picking strolling because this year's would have been twenty. Right, would have been a whole score. All right, so Chandra, tell us what's next. What's next for you on the horizon? You've already built the economy and the economic I development. Ain't built no economy. You know? I ain't built no economy. <laughs> right. What's next for me, like in my life? Like, yeah, what am I life, doing? Professionally, whatever. Don't get married to somebody. I like need that? to. I need to. <laughs> I need to get married to somebody. I really, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe we'll say that's next. I'm a, I've been, I've been in this. <laughs> I've been in this thing where. <laughs> I don't know why I've been watching Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, God. And everybody moves Get to married. this small town <laughs> and they find the love of their life. I'm like, let me, maybe I need to go to the small town. <laughs> and, and, and then that person going to find, I mean, it's just, I just been, so I think I'm just in this, in this phase right now. I'm like, that'd be good. Companionship, partner, that'd yeah, be good. Good to have. Get booed up right quick. Now, t- it is coming season. It is. <laughs> It's cuffing season. It's I don't know it's still hot outside. I don't want to be cuffed under nothing. <laughs> <laughs> don't squeeze me. All right. Let me be free. Uh, so tell the people where they can find you. Instagram, Twitter, where they Miss can find you. Miss Rise Up. Everywhere. Miss Rise Up. No. Miss Rise Up. God, the Falcons are one in forever. It's all right. And you're still Miss Rise Up. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I was in Houston. It's all right. I know. It's all right. It's all right, but I miss Rise Up. Be Miss Rise Up. Miss Rise Up. So that's on um, all of them Facebook, well, Instagram, Instagram and uh, Twitter, Miss Rise Up. Facebook, 
Rise Up is in my name. Okay. So LaShondra Little, but it's LaShondra Rise Up Little. So if you see Rise Up, you know that's Miss Rise Up. All right, y'all. It's Miss Rise Up. Y'all found her on social media. So she's great at economic development. Um, oh, the, in that same vein, oh, as we're right talking about economic <laughs> development, Lip Bar. The Lip Bar is a African-American-owned makeup company, and I became affiliate with them, what, two weeks ago? Now or she's so. a model? Not a model, no, but this is it's, it's helping. Like, I wear, I tr- I'm not a model, but I love lipstick. Mm-hmm. And so, especially in this ma- pandemic season, their matte lipsticks are amazing and mm-hmm. stay on all day, even with your mask. And so, anybody who uses Ms. Rise Up, on the lip bar gets a discount on their purchase. Well, look at that. Okay. Now she in the lipstick business, y'all. <laughs> Jesus. What well, ain't lipstick? You can buy some foundation. They just got some concealer. Anything. Anything you it. buy on there. <laughs> you got some your mama. You uh, got some sisters. Yeah, I do. And you can buy some stuff for them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Chapstick is my thing. But okay, y'all. Lip bar. There it is. So Pulling the deltas into a good place. She's lost all this weight. Looks amazing. And guess what she going to do over Christmas break? Move to a small town and find her boo. <laughs> so she's done all these wonderful things, and we thank you for that. We do appreciate you for being dope. We thank you for coming to Everyday Dope. And we're going to holler at you on the other side. Dopeness. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Dope. We hope you were inspired to live in your dopeness and celebrate the dopeness around you. Don't forget to rate, review, and share with your crew. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at My Everyday Dope. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield, and we will see you on the other side.